So glad you've joined us now in the studio with Michael Card. I'm Wayne Shepherd. It's my privilege. I, I get to sit here with Michael Card and talk about yeah. these things. Calm down there, Wayne. Calm okay. down there, Wayne. Right. No, actually, I feel the same way. Um, I, I look forward to our time together. And I don't know, your your heart for just encouraging people. I mean, like this show, we're, we're helping people per, prepare their hearts for a Passion Week. Right, and, yeah. And uh, there's there's nothing else I'd rather be doing but sitting here doing this with you. So Well, it's uh, all good. Do you ever picture who might be listening in, in the I circumstances? Do. I do that all the time. Yeah. You know, I, I picture people in the car right now listening to yep. the podcast or maybe got the headphones on yeah. late at night. Running or something like yeah, that. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. The, the podcast is so portable, so yeah. to speak. Yeah. That you can download it and take it with you on yeah, the Yeah, the young so. people. The young people use it all <laughs> in all different ways. Yeah. So we will be talking about uh, Judas today, which yeah. is kind of an interesting Holy Week topic. Well, I'm looking forward to talking to Colin Smith because he's written a book about it. And um, yeah, uh, to, to, to have a fresh perspective on a character that we think we know. Yeah, I, I, mean, think the, I think he'll do that for us, don't I, you? I think he, I will. I know right. he will. We'll yeah. get to that conversation in just a moment. And later we'll have some uh, time of meditation as uh, as we think about Holy Week here. You need to plug your ears now, Michael, because okay. I'm, I'm going to read a comment from a listener okay. that was sent in to us. <laughs> and by the way, thank you for doing that. Yeah. You can reach us at in the studio at michaelcard.com or and if you Facebook, have idea- Twitter. If, if you have ideas for programs or topics, oh, yeah. please yeah. let us yeah. know. Yeah. Okay, stop listening now. Okay. This listener says, so rich. Thank you for doing this podcast. Nearly each episode. Okay, let's just wait, go wait. ahead and say every episode. Okay, good. I was going to question that nearly. <laughs> has something in it that brings me to tears in that huh. deep Holy Spirit stirring sort of way and leaves a mark. Huh. Michael's music has been so formative throughout my life, and I absolutely love listening to this now as well. Wow. What another great season for Michael. I'm glad to be one of the many benefiting from it and the family and friends that I keep sharing the links with. So mm, Very cool. Yeah, no, I was listening. I unplugged my ears. <laughs> So, again, you can reach us on Facebook and Twitter and in the studio at michaelcard.com via email. Okay, we're going to go to a song now, Wayne. (laughs) Hey, that's my job. I know. I just stole it from you. (laughs) It's your song, though. Yeah. Uh, As we anticipate talking about Judas with Colin Smith. I thought this would be a good song to to set up that discussion. It's called Traitor's Look. And it's it's basically another way of looking at at Judas's character, uh, he is the traitor, and he has this treacherous look on his face, but the song asks the question, could that look be on my face? And in what way have I betrayed Jesus? Someone has said that we, as Christians, betray Jesus with a kiss. And so this song is basically asking that question. by a kiss. 
Michael Card here. Thank you, Michael, for singing that. Mm. Uh, that was a live performance in the studio, yep. and uh, we thought it was important to play that as we enter into this conversation about Judas yes. today. So, and and who better to talk with than Colin Smith, who's written this new book, Heaven So Near and So Far: The Story of Judas Iscariot. Right. Colin is senior pastor of the Orchard in Chicago a multi-site church and speaker on the radio program, Unlocking the Bible, wow. where we hear him. So he's got that lovely uh, Scottish accent as well. So Colin, welcome. It's a joy to be with you today. Thank mm. you so much. See what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, you know, Joe Stoll once said, um, you could read the grocery list and people would be blessed. <laughs> he said this to my congregation just after I'd arrived in America. So I got up the next Sunday. And read a grocery uh, list? And I, uh, yeah, and I read out the list, you know, a loaf of bread and uh, potatoes and so forth. And after three sentences, I said, now nobody is blessed by that. Let's get back to the Bible. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. All well, right. Ca- uh, uh, Calvin Miller used to say that having a, a Scottish accent was a replacement for having the Holy Spirit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll keep practicing. That's, yeah. that's the best that I can say. Uh, but, yeah, I I don't know about that. I don't think you need to practice. I think you got <laughs> no, it down no, pretty well. No. I wish I had an accent. <laughs> oh, yeah. And of course you don't. Of course you don't. <laughs> hey, let's talk about Judas of all people, huh? Michael? Well, I, I, yeah, I, I'm really anxious to, to uh, pick your brain uh, on, on this subject because I, I, I've got some ideas about Judas. I'm not so sure they're right, but well, I wanted to start with this idea um, Judas is not lurking in the shadows for three years, is he? I mean, he's he's in there with the twelve, you know, coming back with joy. I mean, where did what happened? Yeah, um, well, you know, I, I I got into writing about um, uh, Judas, uh, Michael, because there there are many people who are moving away from faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. and I, I thought. How is that possible? And yet mm. there's the story about how a person was right in the inner circle, oh. as you were saying, right there uh, next to Jesus, and yet walks away from faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. I wanted to get on the inside of the the story in order to make an appeal from the heart to anyone who's tempted to move away from Jesus oh. in order to say, please come back. Don't do that. Don't do what Judas did. Mm. Um, but uh, what was so striking to me is I think it's easy to ca- caricature Judas as either um, a, a villain or as a victim, and either way, it removes him from us. Mm-hmm. I found, actually, that he was a lot closer to me than I might like to think. I mean, here's a wow. person who went out preaching. Yes. He was sent out. He, he healed uh, the sick and cast out demons. He was one of the twelve, and Jesus said, I said, uh, I saw Satan fall like lightning mm-hmm. when, when he came back. So I have no doubt that he led people to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and then abandoned that very faith himself. So this is an extraordinary story. It speaks to us about some very painful issues, but some very, very pertinent issues that it's possible to be in the circle of those who follow Jesus, mm. and yet not ultimately to have the living faith that saves. I heard a pastor say once, I'll never forget this, he was talking about Judas, and he said, well, whenever a Christian betrays Jesus, we betray him with a kiss. Yeah, 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 that's very powerful, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Very powerful. Yeah. You know, the thing that strikes me about the kiss, Michael, is that it was the most useless act that was ever committed. And for this reason, that um, of course, the, the idea of the kiss was in order to identify Jesus. Yes. They're coming in the dark, and they don't want to arrest the wrong person, yeah. and they don't have television images, so uh, the soldiers wouldn't have all immediately recognized who he was. Yeah, and I think that, that in itself is a very interesting point. Why does Judas kiss Jesus? For one reason, he's unrecognizable. He looks just yeah. like the other 12. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. Hmm. But the, the, the thing that was so striking about how necessary this was is in John's Gospel, when um, uh, the arresting party comes and Judas is at the front, mm-hmm. Jesus strides out towards them yeah. and says, now, who do you seek? And yeah. they say, Jesus of Nazareth. And he says, I am he. And I, I'm fascinated by the words, I am, because mm-hmm. I think there's something of the I am that I am there. Mm-hmm. And they all fall backwards. I yeah. think there was an, un- an outbreaking of the sheer glory of the Lord, rather wow. like there was at the Transfiguration. Uh-huh. Then they all pick themselves up. That must have been quite a sight. Mm-hmm. And uh, they ask uh, 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 again, and Jesus says, I've already told you, I am he. Mm-hmm. So he's identified himself. There's no reason left for Judas to have to um, uh, kiss, kiss Jesus. And Jesus says, one of the other gods, Gospels records, then Jesus says, now will you betray the Son of Man with a kiss? It's like, mm-hmm. even there Jesus is reaching out to him and saying, 
There's no point in doing this. Don't uh, come and stand with me. I, I'm mm. already giving myself into the hands of these men. Mm. So this was the most useless act that was ever, ever committed. And mm. of course, that's true of all betrayal of Christ. Well, I want to ask you a little bit. Of, I mean, you, you, this book is written in first person, so that must have been something that re- you really must have gotten into his mind to do that. Yeah, and I suppose, uh, I mean, Michael, you, you have done so much in relation to um, uh, the imagination, and um, uh, it, it, so much of it is just trying to slow down and to take the words and the phrases of Scripture seriously and mm-hmm. try and picture them and to get on the inside of them. I mean, that's basically what biblical meditation is, isn't it? It's, yes. it's just uh, trying to get on the inside of the story and get the story and the words on the inside of you. And uh, it wasn't comfortable for me to do that yeah. in relation to Judas. It yeah. really wasn't. Um, did, did you have to I, sort of deprogram yourself after it was all over? <laughs> well, I wanted to try and get the benefit of it. I, yeah. I, you know, we, we, we should look at those who walk away from faith, like Judas, mm-hmm. and, and use that as a strengthening of our own resolve to walk in faithfulness to Christ. Mm-hmm. And then for someone who has walked away, um, I, I wanted to use this story to say, think again. Yeah. You don't want. There's nothing good that comes from walking away from Jesus Christ. Mm. Only good comes. Uh, good only comes in returning to Him, as of course Peter so wonderfully did. Well, I love it that you've taken Judas. He, he's no longer just the pawn, and he's no longer the villain. Yeah. He's you. He's you and me. And I really think that's that's much. You know, that's much closer to the truth. So I'm thankful for the perspective of this book. Okay, I have a question now about. Sorry, I keep interrupting. Wayne wants no, to talk. No, 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 so no. I want, I want. I want the two of you to talk. Okay, okay, talk. <laughs> okay, talk to me about uh, when. When did the turn happen? I mean, I know Matthew uh, is the only person that actually gives the words. Is it, I think it's Matthew twenty six. Judas, Judas says, "What will you give me?" So was it just greed, or was Jesus a disappointment to him? Or do you, I mean, have you figured that out? Yeah, I mean, it, 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 there seem to be a number of points along the way. One of them, I think for sure, is that extraordinary scene where uh, Mary anoints Jesus with this very expensive um, uh. oil. It was a family heirloom. And then, then Judas actually speaks what the, the Scripture says. The other disciples were thinking the same, but he was <laughs> the one who articulated yes, it. Right. And this, was, this was a waste. Mm-hmm. And I just love the contrast here because... The, the value of this ointment was the thing that to Mary made pouring it out on Jesus right. Yes. Um, you know, what better thing could I do with something of supreme value than uh, pour it out on Jesus? Uh, but the value of the thing to Judas was the thing that made it wrong. You know, it, it couldn't it have been given, uh, sold and given to the poor? Yeah. John adds he didn't care about the poor. He took yeah. money out the bag. Yeah. Um, so what's being indicated there is that there is an entirely different evaluation of Jesus between Judas on the one hand and Mary on the other. Uh-huh. And it does seem, therefore, that there's evidence that Judas tried to use Jesus as a means to an end, and Jesus can never be used if mm-hmm. he's brought alongside another agenda. Whatever that other agenda is, in the end, it will win, and Jesus will be abandoned. And that, I think, is one of the things that we learn from the story of Judas. Yeah. Well, I, I used to think that there was just sort of this uh, cumulative disappointment, uh, you know, where where Jesus is failing to meet Judas's expectations about yes. what the Messiah should be, yes. and and the big I thought the big turning point was when he washed their feet, because then basically, I, I don't know if he does he leave before does Judas leave before Jesus washes their feet or after? I'm not really clear. No, after, after, oh, okay, it's, it's later. Yeah. So I mean, I, can you imagine then Christ? taking his feet in his hands, and, and the, I mean, the intimacy of that moment, the love of that moment. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it's just yet another appeal from Jesus, and yet he yeah. hardens his heart to this love again and again. Well, in, in another detail, and you correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't Judas, Ju, Judas is sitting at Jesus' right hand. He's at the place of the, the, I mean, that's why they're whispering to each other back and forth, and and I don't know, um, uh, I just I I want the answer to be one thing in terms of his motivation. I guess it's just not that simple, is it? Yeah, I mean to be sitting right next to the Lord Jesus Christ and to be past the bread and then to walk out into the darkness. Mm. I mean, um, 
uh, we, there are a number of factors. Um, there's the, the double agenda piece. Mm-hmm. There's the Satan entering into him piece. And of course, Satan doesn't have access into a person's life unless that life has been opened up. Mm-hmm. And for yes. sure, we know um, that there was a unconfessed sin that remained in Judas' life because of his thieving out of the bag. Yes, uh-huh. It's exposed in Scripture, but it's never confessed by Judas. There's never uh-huh. any repentance, and there's an opening to darkness. And then there's a continuing hardening that every time Christ reaches out to him at Bethany, around the table, and even in the garden, he, he refuses, 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 until in the end he's in this terrible darkness. Uh-huh. Well, both both Peter and Judas, Judas betray Jesus. What's the difference? Why did one of them survive and the other one didn't? Yeah. Well, Peter repents. I mean, it, it, isn't it wonderful? He goes out and he weeps bitterly. Mm. There's a difference between Judas's regret and Peter's repentance. And I think the heart of the difference lies in this that the regret just looks backwards and turns in on self, Mm -hmm. and therefore nothing good comes from it. Mm -hmm. But repentance looks forward and looks upward to Jesus Christ, and that's what Peter did, and of course he was wonderfully restored, and a transformed life came about as a result. Well, did Judas try to fix it? I mean, by throwing the money back? What what, what did that mean? Yes, I mean, that's clearly part of his regret. Uh I mean... um, uh, but regret and repentance are two very, very different things. Ah. Um, very, very different things. Um, repentance at its heart involves a looking up to Christ. Uh-huh. And that's the difference between self-condemnation, which, of course, Judas ultimately has when he goes out and terribly ends his own life. That's mm. just tragic. Mm. Um, repentance goes in an entirely different direction and leads to life. Mm. Well, I, I so appreciate... Uh, Take, taking a character like Judas and lifting him out of just the, the convention and the n- nothing against Sunday school, but sort of the Sunday school image, <laughs> yeah, the felt yeah. felt board image. Yeah. And I really feel like uh, you're making me want to go back and look at his life again. And that, I think that's what good Bible teaching is all about. I've been sitting here thinking the same thing. Yeah. I, I was going to say that we, we, we skip over this story because it's uncomfortable, don't well, we? I've got Joe's, Joe Carlson's book, copy of your book, and uh, I'm taking it home with me. <laughs> <laughs> Joe's on notice. He's losing a book today. <laughs> well, um, uh, uh, thank you for that. And yeah. the, the thing that's in my mind is, you know, most Christians have a friend or a loved one or a colleague who is uh, either walking away from faith uh, in Christ or has abandoned the faith that they grew up in. I mean, um, uh, I, I have that in my life. Um, um, uh, both of you, I'm sure, will be thinking of real people mm, yes. uh, who you just long would uh, would come back um, uh, to Christ. And that, that's really why I wrote the book. I wanted to have something to give to a person who perhaps was brought up as a Christian and then walked away mm-hmm. or has served the Lord and then hit discouragement and just said, I'm giving up, or there was some suffering that came into life and they, they just walked away. I wanted to have something to give to a person that says, you really want to walk away from Jesus? Please think again. Please think again. And if the story of someone who walked away leads to someone else coming back, that would be a marvelous thing. And and Judas is really a paradigm in that, too, because um, a lot of a lot of the people I know who've walked away from faith, they walk away because Jesus has failed to meet their expectations. That's right. Not yeah. that there's anything wrong with Jesus, but their expectations yep. are wrong. I mean, yep. in my own family, I have family members who are, uh, they haven't walked away yet, but they're having this angry conversation with God. They didn't expect, you know, uh, cancer. They didn't expect, yep. expect this yep. or the other. And, yep. and Judas really is the paradigm of the guy who just said, you failed to make, meet my expectations and I'm out of here. That's exactly right. Yeah. Lord, I'll follow you if you do this. Wow. And, and the condition is always fatal uh, because you can't say that to one who's the sovereign Lord. Wow. So Judas as a useful paradigm for uh, helping people come back to the church. Now, that's unique. No one's ever done that, Colin. Mm-hmm. You're the first person to use, I think, use his story that way. Well, uh, uh, my hope and prayer is that God will graciously use the story uh, in a way that will be um, will bring restoration mm. um, uh, to some who are wandering uh, away from faith. Mm. Well, it's been fascinating to listen to the two of you talk about this. It really has, Mike. I don't want to cut it off yet. So th- this isn't the first uh, sort of negative character you've talked about. <laughs> 
<laughs> but no, it's it's actually the follow-up to the story of the thief on the cross, mm-hmm. um, which of course is a wonderful story because it has the opposite ending. And uh, you know, I I found Michael in um, a, a, an old Puritan uh, made this statement: "There is a way to hell that goes very close to the gates of heaven." And there is a way to heaven that goes very close to the gates of hell. Mm. Now, if you think about it, the thief on the cross, having lived this wretched life, wow. gets about as close to hell as wow. possible to get and ends up in heaven. Wow. And Judas, having been out for three years a follower of Jesus, that's about as close to heaven, heaven. as you could imagine. And he ends up uh, not in heaven, but so near so far. And wow. so the, the contrasting lines of these two stories have gripped my imagination and uh, they speak both of the wonderful opportunity that is open to every person, no matter how far you are from Jesus Christ now. And on the other hand, um, the great danger that is from, uh, for any person who walks away from Christ, irrespective of what you may have done or been involved in in the past. Mm. And all, all he had to say was, remember me. Yeah, isn't that wonderful? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, even at a late moment in life, was saving because of what Christ accomplished on the cross. Wow. Let's do this. Uh, Earlier, we heard Michael sing Traitor's Look. Um, Michael, we're going to ask you to sing Why. We have this live recording that you made in the studio Mm -hmm. of Why. We're going to play that now. And then, Colin, I'd like for you to come back and let's pray for those who are are struggling with unbelief and betrayal. Uh, And let's pray for them after we listen to Michael's song, all right? And only a friend comes close enough To ever cause so much pain And why did there have to be A thorny crown pressed upon his head should have been a royal one made of jewels and gold instead it had to be a crown of thorns because in this life that we live for all who would seek to love a thorn is all the world has to give There have to be a heavy cross he was made to bear And why did they nail his feet and hands His love would have held him there It was a cross for on a cross A thief was supposed to pay And Jesus had come into the world to steal every heart away yes jesus had come into the world to steal every heart away jesus had come into the world to steal every heart away father that is what we are praying that the Lord Jesus Christ will do. Father, we lift to you the person who was brought up in a Christian home, 
and has walked away from faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, for that person, whose name and face we lift before you now, we ask, steal his, her heart away, conquer that rebel heart, bring that loved one back to living faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. For the person who has served you and has become discouraged, for the person who has suffered and has become so confused that they have walked away from the faith they once professed, Lord, steal their heart. Lord, in your mercy, win the heart of that person. Lord, soften the heart. Grant today that there may be an awareness given that nothing good ever comes apart from Jesus Christ, but that in him all good things become ours. Therefore, Father, for the sake of Christ over this Easter season, by the power of the Holy Spirit, win back many to yourself and use our words, use our prayers, use our witness as means to that great end we pray. And may it all be for your glory and for the blessing of those who we love and those who you love too. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We agree. Amen. Pastor Colin Smith, uh, thank you for your heart. You're a good friend, Colin. It's been wonderful to have you here with Mike and to hear the two of you talk on this topic today. It's been rich Mm -hmm. indeed. Mm -hmm. So thanks to both of you. Yeah, thanks, Colin. Thank you. Colin is senior pastor of the Orchard Multi-Site Church in Chicago. And the book we've talked about, and you'll want to look this up, Heaven So Near So Far. And the other book on the thief on the cross is called Heaven, How I Got Here. Look for both of those. God bless you, Colin. Thank you. God bless you. It's a joy to have been with you today. And what a moving time so far in this session. If you have a reaction to what's been presented, send a comment on Facebook or Twitter or email us at inthestudio at michaelcard.com. Again, our email address is inthestudio at michaelcard.com. Tell a friend about what you're hearing and share this link to the podcast by searching for Michael Card in iTunes or Google Play. When you visit us online at michaelcard.com, you can learn more about Michael's books, his music, and his conferences. And you won't want to miss the music and meditations centering on preparing you to commemorate the events of Holy Week. That's coming up when we return in the studio with Michael Card. Next week on the Easter edition of In the Studio with Michael Card, we're excited to present a session that is much more than a classic. The teaching was recorded on location in Cuba and has an unforgettable moment about the power of the cross. And then Michael presents several songs that will guide our celebration of Christ's victory over the grave. Make plans to learn and worship Christ with us. Watch for the post and share this podcast link with a friend. Subscribe at iTunes or Google Play. Mike, since our focus is on Holy Week during our time together here, I thought maybe during the next few minutes we could focus on the cross mm-hmm. and, and hesitate on the cross. Yeah. Well, I, I really think it's important, and this is an old tradition in the church that goes back to the very beginning, you prepare your heart mm-hmm. for this. You there don't you just start cold. Yeah. And I think, uh, I know I know you well enough to know you want to prepare your heart, and we want to help other other people so you don't miss it. So right. so uh, Easter Sunday doesn't come and you haven't really uh, pondered everything that means. Well, our thought here is to uh, hear several of your songs in the next few minutes, mm-hmm. but in between to talk about the cross. Mm-hmm. So let's begin with Known by the Scars.
sought to tell the world he was the way That God the Father had a human heart With his own holy hands he sought to touch and heal their scars But they chose to tear those gentle hands apart Thank you, Michael. That leads us right into the conversation we want to have as we prepare our hearts now. Mm-hmm. Known by the scars. Yeah. Uh, after the resurrection of Jesus, the, the point behind this song is that he was recognized not uh, by his face, uh, but by the fact that uh, he was wounded. And he, he himself even pointed to the wounds. He would say, here, look, mm-hmm. it's me. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Thomas at one point yeah. said, I'm not going to believe until I see <laughs> those wounds. And... Um, uh, Bill Lane used to say, and you know, it's the same with us. I'm not supposed to be known by the degrees that I've earned, but by the scars that I've incurred from faithfully following Jesus. So it's one of those incarnational things that gets lived out in us. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, you've spent several years studying Hesed. You've mm-hmm. written a book just out this past year on Hesed. Yeah. What about Hesed and the cross? Yeah, Hesed is uh, this word that is undefinable, except <laughs> before the cross. Jesus mm-hmm. really... He, he incarnates Hesed in 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 uh, in every sense of the word, but that act, uh, uh, that act of the cross. Uh, the, my definition of Hesed is when the person from whom I have a right to expect nothing gives me everything, and I stand before the cross of Christ as as nowhere else. Supreme example of that. Yeah, I look up and and I think I have no right to expect anything from you. I nailed you there. You're there because of me. And, and what does Jesus give me? Does he give me a second chance? No, he gives me more chances than I can possibly imagine. So uh, Hesed is sort of, not sort of, Hesed is the final expression, conclusive, uh, whole, full uh, expression of what Hesed means. Uh, you've been to Israel many times. I've only been once, but uh-huh. one of the most meaningful experiences was in the garden, uh-huh. Garden of Gethsemane. Yep. So before the cross is the surrender, the ultimate surrender yes. of Christ. Yeah. Not my will, but thine be done. Yeah. Well, he goes into the into the garden. He's basically lamenting. And one of the things that we found uh, looking at the laments of the Old Testament is they all transition except one. Psalm 88 laments all the way to the end. And the first half of the lament is usually I, 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 I. You know, why am I suffering? Why are you letting me you know, know this sorrow in my life, that sort of thing. But then there's a, a, a shift that happens. It, it, it goes from I to thou. Mm-hmm. Uh, who do I have in heaven but you? You know, uh, you hold me by my right hand, that sort of thing. And in his lamenting, even Jesus shows this, this transition mm-hmm. when he says, not my will, but thine Surrender. be done. He does. He surrenders. Yeah. But it's in the context, I think, of, of his lament. And if you think about it, uh, when when he is being used the most by God, Jesus is lamenting. When he's on the cross, hmm. what is he doing? He's hmm. lamenting in mm-hmm. the words of David's lament mm-hmm. at the at the at the moment in his life when he's most being used by God. And I I just I ponder if that could be true with us. Could it possibly be that the point in my life 
or your life when God is most using us is when we refuse to leave the dance floor, right? We refuse to let go, you know, and we're praying things like, why have you forsaken me? That might be the time when God is using you the most. Feel the closest. Yeah. 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 Well, let's keep that in mind as we listen to this next song. This is In the Garden. Uh, John Ketchings accompanies you on the cello. Yes, sweet John. And let's use uh, the lyric of this song to really think about Christ and the cross that he was facing. Trembling with fear Alone in the garden Battle before The final war Blood became tears There in the garden To fall upon The silent There in the darkness the light And the darkness stood still Two choices, one tortured me And there, once the choice had been made All the world could be saved By the one During his earthly life, he offered prayers and appeals with loud cries and tears to the one who was able to save him from death, and he was heard because of his reverence. Although he was the son, he learned obedience from what he suffered. After he was perfected, he became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him. That's from Hebrews 5. Hebrews 5, 7, and 8. Yeah. Boy, I haven't read that in a while. That That's incredible. Yeah. He learned obedience through what he suffered. And, and again, Jesus, he, 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 he takes on human flesh, and he, he submits to all the things that 
you know, that are our experience because we learn obedience, you know, primarily through suffering. Mm-hmm. And though he had done nothing wrong. And where do we get the idea that he, he, it was easy for him? Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean. Well, yeah, I think you get that idea from not reading the scriptures. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, because uh, I think there's great danger in thinking that way. I think so. The go- the gospels are very very clear about uh, his and his struggle wasn't just during Passion Week. He right. struggled his his whole life with being misunderstood. I mean his his uh, his his uh, family thought he was out of his mind mm-hmm. at one point. Mm-hmm. I mean they imagine, came to get him, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, that was Mark three. Uh, the priests accusing him of, be- of of being uh, demon possessed. In fact, the very people that he might have expected support from, his family and religious leaders are the people that were working against him. It says his, a lot. His own disciples, of course, in the end, turned their backs on him. Um, no, he, he is the misunderstood Messiah. Every time he says something significant, especially in John, the, 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 the next verse will indicate that the people had no idea of what he was talking about. And imagine a whole life of being misunderstood like that. Yeah. And of course, the suffering comes to uh, into focus during Passion Week, and uh, he he enters Jerusalem. He's misunderstood. He comes in peace, you know, on on the foal of a donkey. That's a clear sign that he's coming in peace. And uh, the 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 religious leaders, that's not what they're looking for. They're looking to take his life. Yeah. Just ponder on those three words. He was heard mm-hmm. that you read in Hebrews. Yeah, because of his loud cries and tears, and. Um, because of his sacrifice, he, he was heard. He was the perfect sacrifice. This covenant that, that we're talking about hesed, uh, because God is a God of hesed, he makes these covenants with us. And though we keep breaking them, he keeps keeping them. And that's another, one, another perspective that you can understand the cross from is seeing that God is keeping, ultimately giving the perfect sacrifice um, that we were never able to do in, uh, in our, you know, faltering, uh, inconsistent observance of the covenants. So, yeah, because he's a God of, uh, because he's a God of Hesed, uh, he keeps keeping the covenants and we keep breaking the covenants, yeah. and he ultimately keeps the covenant mm-hmm. through his son. Because he was heard, we are heard. Yeah, but we have He the, made a way, a, be, a new and living way, as Hebrews says. Yeah, right? absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I take my place alongside him. He calls me his friend. He calls me his brother. And he gives me, and John, this incredible privilege of asking for things in his name. <laughs> I mean, I can throw his name around as it were, you know. <laughs> yeah. And uh, there's there's a, a, an enormous amount of authority in, just simply in his name. The priesthood of the believer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this this song comes from an album, an entire album on the book of Hebrews. Okay. And I don't know if you remember, uh, but Bill, Bill Lane had written a two-volume commentary <laughs> uh, on the book of Hebrews. And uh, I just poured over that thing uh, to get ideas for the song. And uh, one of the saddest things for me is that uh, Bill passed away uh, before he was able to hear all of these songs. Of course, I don't know how, how this, yes, you know, heaven right. and earth thing works. <laughs> Did he really? Yeah. I imagine he's <laughs> listening to, you know, uh, infinitely better music. But uh, I always think of this song because uh, Bill Lane's teaching uh, is so, so much a part of it. Yeah. The song is called... He was heard right from Hebrews 5. In the days of old, the priest would come with a lifeless sacrifice. While the crowd in anxious silence would wait outside. As he entered in the temple, they only hoped he would be heard. God would give them a tomorrow And the priest would stay alive
joy that was before him he overcame the fear for once in all he paid the cost enduring all the shame taking up the cruel cross ignoring all the pain Michael Card he was heard well, the purpose of our get-together this week in the studio with Michael Card, it's Holy Week for mm-hmm. us, and we want to provide some meditation, some time for reflection here. Um, before we wrap things up, why don't we turn to the Scriptures again, Michael? Do you have something in mind? I do. I, I can't think of a better passage uh, as we as we desire to prepare our hearts for the Passion Week uh, than Isaiah 53. Oh, yes. Who has believed what we have heard? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up before him like a young plant and like a root out of dry ground. He didn't have an impressive form or majesty that we should look at him, no appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of suffering who knew what sickness was. He was like someone people turn away from. He was despised and we didn't value him. Yet he himself bore our sicknesses. And he carried our pains. But we, in turn, regarded him stricken, struck down by God, and afflicted. But he was pierced because of our rebellion, crushed because of our iniquities. Punishment for our peace was on him, and we are healed by his wounds. We all went astray like sheep. We all have turned to our own way, and the Lord has punished him for the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. Like a lamb led to the slaughter, and like a sheep silent before her shearers, he did not open his mouth. He was taken away because of oppression and judgment. And who considered his fate? For he was cut off from the land of the living. He was stricken because of my people's rebellion. He was assigned a grave with the wicked, but he was with a rich man at his death because he'd done no violence and had not spoken deceitfully. Yet the Lord was pleased to crush him severely. When you make him a guilt offering, he will see his seed. He will prolong his days, and by his hand, the Lord's pleasure will be accomplished. After his anguish, he will see light and be satisfied. By his knowledge, His righteous servant will justify many, and he will carry our iniquities. Therefore, I will give him the many as a portion, and he will receive the mighty as spoil, because he willingly submitted to death and was counted among the rebels. Yet he bore the sin of many and interceded for the rebels. That's Isaiah 53. That passage has always been very precious yes. to me personally, Michael. Thank you for reading that. And we're going to listen to O Sacred Head Now Wounded as a meditation to close our time mm-hmm. together after you pray. Okay, let's, uh, let's ask the Lord to, uh, to help prepare our hearts. Lord Jesus, we come to you as children who need to be made wise by the wisdom of your word. We come as your uh, sons and daughters who uh, need to understand what it costs Uh, so that our sins might be forgiven, uh, so that we might uh, be uh, your sons and daughters. So uh, we ask that you would help prepare our hearts to understand uh, all that your sacrifice means uh, to us and to the world. Uh, Let us be unusually aware of your presence with us in these next few moments. In your name, Jesus. Amen.
O sacred head, now wounded. Our prayers this hour has helped prepare your heart to remember our Lord's death. If it has been an encouragement to you, please let us know when you email us at inthestudio at michaelcard.com or share a post on Facebook or Twitter. And we hope you'll pass the word about what you've experienced in this session. Share the link or tell a friend to find this podcast by searching for Michael Card in iTunes or Google Play. Join us next week as we open the archives and present a classic edition focused on celebration of our Lord's resurrection. For the team, I'm Wayne Shepherd. Thanks for listening to In the Studio with Michael Card.